You're listening to the NYY Sports Talk podcast hosted by Christian and Chris. Head to nyysportstalk.com to subscribe to the show and check out the fan shop so you can swag up on great NYYST apparel. Stay on top of all the latest with the New York Yankees, including breaking news, in-game updates, and incredible fan giveaways by following on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. It's now time to talk Yankees baseball. Welcome back. This is episode 73 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast presented to you by BrandonRendiniFitness.com. BrandonRendiniFitness.com, where I'm going to leave the tagline out because I never get it right. I'm your host, Christian, as always, joined by my co-host, Chris. You. And look at this guy on an NFL Sunday, Stagai Rye. Hello. I'm all hyped up on Nitro. Nitro. Gave Ryan a nitro brewed coffee. <laughs> if he dies during the episode, all right, we got twenty five minutes until he's already got a lump off. in his chest. <sighs> Actually, that wasn't there before he had the nitro brewed coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, here we are. It's Sunday afternoon. Yanks uh, getting ready for a game in Boston later this afternoon. A game that means nothing because they wrapped up home field advantage on Friday night. They got their 100th win yesterday. So now it's all about the wild card game. And we brought in our good pal Joe Rivera of the Sporting News to preview the wild card game. Uh, we'll play that interview in just a little bit. Joe spends a little over a half hour with us uh, getting ready for the game on Wednesday night. But here we are, fellas. Uh, finally, now we have something to look forward to. We know the game's at Yankee Stadium. Uh, Wednesday night, first pitch will probably be sometime after eight o'clock. And of we course, still don't know who's going to start the game. I was going to say we, we do. We are recording right now, and it's a little afternoon on Sunday. Uh, maybe by the time you're listening to this, uh, pitchers will be announced. But unfortunately, we don't have that answer just yet. I'm pretty sure Christian is going to maybe even stack guy Ryle stay proactive in. Uh, Checking that as we're on air with you. I know not many people are probably going to watch the game today because especially if you're a Giant fan, meaningless Yankee game, you might actually have a chance to check out the Giants today. But here's the lineup. Pretty... Meaningless Giant game. All right, you're good. You're just the best friend ever. Uh, here's the lineup. Pretty, uh, I guess you would say, I would call this maybe the A-minus lineup. Maybe maybe the B plus lineup. You got Guardy leading off and left. Judgy and I call him. I hate when people call him Judgy. Judgy, uh, it's so cringy. Judge and right, Hicksie in center. Uh, Stan cleaning up at DH. Luke Voigt, uh, first base. Gary Ketchin, Glaber's in, at second. Neil Walker at third. Etch shortstop and Sessa starting the game today. So. Here's my thing. I don't. I'm sure a lot of those guys will be out after at bat, maybe two. Yeah, two at bats or so. But this offense is is really starting to click right now. Guys who you really need to get hot coming into Wednesday and moving forward are getting very hot. Andujar is swinging a really hot bat against mm-hmm. Stanton. Andujar was a little cold for a couple weeks. Well, it's funny. I thought maybe Boone might have started him today because he needed three hits to finish the season at 300. So well, he might. I'm, yeah. I don't think so. I don't think anyone you're not, cares. You're not going to put really him cares. in as a, as a replacement now. But my point is, you don't want to bench everyone today. You want to you want to keep them fresh. You're going to have a couple days off. 
Um, Stanton made a push here towards the end. He got to the 100 RBI mark. Which was actually, very, in my opinion, very important. I was out doing a lot of errands yesterday because, you know, the game really didn't mean anything. So I was listening to a lot of John and Susan on the radio. John was very excited and wanted Stan to get to 100 RBI so bad yesterday. Yeah. Did you see when he hit the home run yesterday over the Green Monster, a fan threw the ball threw back ball and, and, and it, it one-hopped? Yeah. No, so I, then, so I then, saw highlights. Did you see on Instagram, uh, John Touch. Carlos Stanton no. uh, posted – a video of Henry Roan Gardner and oh, Rookie yeah, of the Year was, throwing the ball that, in from the outfield. <laughs> Stan did Stanton, that. Stanton posted. It. I saw. I think, it, I think. I think Sports Center originally posted it, and then he like reposted. Or Andrew McCutcheon had an Instagram video where that he was would, funny. Where he was just like, kind of like, you know, I was like, don't throw shit at us. Oh, he did that. I thought you were talking about the commentary he did when he did when he tripped up against Tampa Bay. No, this was. Uh, this was after because he was like, "Listen, you know, I was like, don't be throwing things at us on the field, like, because it it will instigate people to do that. Like, it, I understand, like, oh, it's all, totally. it's a tradition, like baseball, but now you've seen this guy who was able to hit Stan on a fly. You know, some other maniacs gonna be like, well, look what I could do. I gotta say this about McCutcheon. I don't want to get too off topic, but I I said when they got McCutcheon, his personality was going to be a big spark for this team, but only if he was able to produce offensively." Because that just sort of works that way. And ever since he started really producing, that, that energy and that spark of, of his personality has really come out in a great way. I agree. And there's a couple things you're going to hear in this interview that I disagree with Joe. And I didn't. we didn't have the time really for me to go back and forth with him on a couple things. But hopefully Joe's listening to all this and maybe we can touch back on it uh, one of our off-season um, interviews with him if we get him back on. Well, one now you're going to trash him. I'm sure he's not going to want to do oh, the I'm show I'm not going to trash him. I love Joe. One of the things he said was uh, he talked about Frazier, if he can stay healthy, still being the future. Um, in my opinion right now, I don't think the Yankees are too confident in that. And I really get a sense that the Yankees have fallen in love with Andrew McCutcheon. And I think that at least to start 2019 – that's gonna. That's really gonna be their mindset. Well, we've touched on it here a couple of times. You know, the reports are. You know, the Yankees like McCutcheon. They like the on base percentage. They like the having the veteran in the clubhouse. I mean, he is older than you know the young guys. He's what thirty one, probably be thirty two next year. So they like that, especially if you move on from Brett Gardner. Uh, he's he's been an on base machine since he's been here. So you know, the like we said the. We read the reports that the Yankees would like to bring him back on a friendly contract, which I don't know what that is. Two years, $20 million. I don't know what that would be. So if you do that, you know, you got McCutcheon, you got Stanton, you got Hicks, you got Judge. Those are your four outfielders. And we can right all there. confidently say that Hicks isn't going anywhere now. I mean, he was always a favorite, but we never really truly understood why and – after this year, man, he's, he's just been, been phenomenal. Except for that beginning part of the season where he wound up on the DL for a little bit. He's been healthy for the first time in his career. And you've seen what Aaron Hicks is finally. Like, I think he's finally lived up to his potential. I know he's what he's hitting, like 249 or something like that. Ryan will get me his full stats, but. Yeah, 249, exactly. Yeah, but you know what? He's not a guy that you feel that 240. That's on base? Like 280. But what's his on base, Ryan? He's got to be around 370. 
got to be a 368. Okay. So he gets on uh, you got you got to give yourself some credit, Christian. You really are you really no, know your no. stuff, man. Christian I got to hand it to this you. Up, it doesn't matter though. He's and able to he says, stay in the moment and be present like to think of that stuff. It's and then really he's like, "All right, I'm going to find a way to slip this in and act like I have no idea." I don't know what their exact numbers are. I mean, I I have an idea from watching the games every day, but to be, like, get on base at, at a 37 percent clip, is, and when you're only batting 249, oh that's really impressive. It really you is. like to see at least a hundred point separation between at your uh, your batting average and your sure. base percentage, and he's and he's what 120 about. Yeah, had a pop up and I lost it. And he's got he's probably got around 27 home runs. He's probably close to 80 runs driven in. So you're getting that out of your center fielder. I he's mean, 90 walks too. But I lost it because I got a pop up on my phone. Let's I'm I'm bringing up Hixie real quick. Um, uh... But I guess that's because he's played more games this year. Last year he only played 88. The year before he played 123. But just to compare, in the in the year he played in 123 games. Yeah, just to cut real quick because I meant, I wanted to bring it. He 27 home runs, 79 runs batted in this year. So, so listen to this though. This is the biggest difference, and this is what makes him the player that he is now. In 2016, in 123 games, he walked 30 times. In 136 games this year, 90 walks. That's a That's lot. 60 more walks. That's a lot. To do that at the top of this lineup with him, McCutcheon, and Judge in some sort of variation, that is the scariest one through three in the American That's League right when now. John- not because of power, not because of any offensive capability, more so than the ability to see pitches, and that is going to carry this team if they have any chance at going to the world series it will be because the one through three hitters are seeing a lot of pitches so you know who becomes the most important player on the yankees then john carlos Stanton. exactly because if if you're going to go one two three in the playoffs with mccutcheon judge and hicks which i think boone's probably going to do right that'll be it and stan's going to back clean up and he these pitchers are throwing 15 16 pitches to the first three exactly. guys. Stan's got to come up. He's and gonna he's going to come gonna, up with guys on and base. Then if you do that against mash. Boston, if you do it against Boston and you so let's say they win that game against Oakland, you do it against Boston, you take out the starting pitcher, you get to their weak middle of the bullpen and their back end of the rotation that will be pitching out of relief. This team is set up for a deep postseason yeah. run if they can just get past Oakland. And my point being to all of this was there was a there was a moment in time where we didn't know if Aaron Hicks was the future. Um, Cashman was certainly confident in it, but as fans and as and as people closely uh, you know analyzing this team, we weren't too sold on it. And now we are. And the question was always, when Florial's ready, is he going to be that? And is Frazier going to be this? I think Hicks is here for the long haul. And he is a little bit older. He is, yeah. but what my point is is that I don't think McCutcheon is necessarily a long-term thing. Obviously, no, that's what he's I said. older. Maybe two years for But him. a couple years, and I think that really is going to take Frazier out of the out of the mix when all is said and done. See, you knew we argued about this a little bit in the offseason because you thought Hicksy could be a 30-home run guy, and he's not going to get there, but he's I damn did. close. I said 25. He did. And you said, and you said, you think he's twenty-five? I said, yeah, I really do. All right. Well, he got over that this year, and he, I really wasn't sold on Aaron Hicks, but especially defensively, because I thought he was very, very. I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. He took I never fully agreed with you on that, but the the routes, routes that he, he would take the ball, to I the ball. With. 
And he really cleaned that up this year. And I and was his arm is phenomenal. But then in the last couple of weeks, he's taken some <laughs> questionable routes to to balls. Now is he just loafing? Because maybe these are low impact games. I don't know. Is this he's something that's dealing with some injury? You don't know. All I know is that he is an above average, uh, even even really really good defensive center fielder. Look, all I know, I I think we can confidently say this. And now Mike Trout is on another. He's on another level. Like it's like level yeah, one is yeah. Mike Trout, and the next closest guy might be level four. But Aaron Hicks is the second best center fielder in the oh, American yeah. League right absolutely. now. I absolutely agree. The numbers agree. Yeah, yeah, as far as like if you combine offense and defense, I would the, I, I would Jackie like Bradley him to probably be defensively more of a two sixty five two seventy hitter though. I would like to see that because it's like if he's not hitting home runs, not walking, he doesn't do anything else. Yeah. Oh, we'll see. Well, it was Maybe. good that he was able to bring the walk totals up. This oh yeah, year. that's phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, and he's become a real presence at the top of the lineup for the Yankees. But let's get into the interview with Joe. Joe spends a good chunk of time with us um, previewing the wild card game. So here's our interview with Joe Rivera of the Sporting News. All right, NYY Sports Talk is here with our good pal Joe Rivera of the Sporting News. You can follow Joe on Twitter at Joe Rivera SN. And honestly, if you've been listening to us from the beginning and you're not following Joe Rivera, then you're just not doing Twitter correctly. He's been on the show like 24 <laughs> times now. Uh, so, Joe, welcome back. How you doing today, pal? Chris Christian, guys. I'm doing well. How are you? All right. Not too bad. It's uh, an easy Sunday afternoon in the, in the Bronx, I guess you can say. Um, you know, everything's wrapped up, so Yanks and Red Sox will treat this like a spring training game later today. The big focus is going to be Wednesday night. Um <laughs> Wild card games, the, actually the third time the Yankees are going to be playing in the wild card game. Uh, we remember they got shut down in 2015, the dramatic game in uh, 2017, and then here we are again. It's kind of crazy, 100 win teams playing in a wild card game, but that's just <laughs> been how good Boston's been this year. Uh, we just wanted to have Jan uh, preview the game a little bit. First thing we got to ask, it's still a mystery. Both teams still have not. Uh, as we're recording this, uh, 11.45 Sunday morning, both teams still have not uh, announced a starting pitching uh, starting pitcher for the game. Um, we'll start with Oakland. In your opinion, uh, based on what you've seen, who should the A's start on the mound on uh, Wednesday uh, night? You know, it's, it's such a hard question to answer because Nothing about the A's this season has this season has been orthodox, right? I mean, they they're having uh, maybe it's the East Coast bias in me, but they're having one of the most underrated, miraculous seasons in baseball history, and and I don't think I'm underselling it when I'm saying that. This is a team that from the beginning they they've just been so they had you know none of the guys that are in the rotation now are guys that were in the rotation at the beginning of the year. So you know, some people say bullpen game. Uh, it depends how win now you want to be. I think in a wild card game, you have to, I think you have to go traditional starter. If I had to guess Mike Flyers or Edwin Jackson, it's going to come down to one of those two guys. Uh, I'm not sure if they're pitching today. I doubt it, but you know, I, I just think that you have to have a traditional starter there for a wild card game and give you at least a little bit of length moving forward. I think teams and, and a guy like Bob Melvin understands that you have to win today. Um, but at the same time, you have to try and save your bullpen for the next series because 
if you're throwing guys, if you're throwing your entire bullpen at a team and, and you're going to wear guys out in the first game of, uh, you know, what's a potential playoff run, that's, that's tough to do. Um, if I had to guess, I would say Mike Fires. He's just been so good for them since coming over to Oakland this year. But who knows? Who knows what he is? They've just defied all logic. They've defied all expectations so far this year. And uh, We'll see if it ends on Wednesday. It's going to be fun to watch. You know, it's funny that you, you brought up the unconventional season at Oakland. I remember the last time we had you on, it was probably right around the All-Star break, and we were kind of uh, previewing or going through uh, like the potential playoff teams, and we never we said that. We thought the entire American League was locked up. That's when Seattle had uh, a big lead over Oakland, and I remember saying, well, maybe if Oakland can make things interesting. And, man, they just really blew past Seattle uh, for that second wild card. Yeah, and, and what's most interesting about Oakland is that it's it's not like they've taken advantage of a poor division like Cleveland has. They've just right. been a really damn good team. Um, and I know that I certainly discount. I mean, I'm not going to BS anybody. I certainly dis- – I didn't give them any credit. I discredited them um, early in the season. I just thought that they weren't uh, that great in their division. Um, they had a ton of division games left to play, so I didn't trust them to, to play well against their division the rest of the way. Um, but listen, again, hats off to them. This has been an absolutely miraculous year for them. I'm going to keep using that word. I mean, to get to this point, even if they lose on Wednesday night, I mean, Bob Melvin's got to be proud. Uh, this is a team, obviously, offensively, they were really good. Uh, they have four guys with 20 plus home runs. Uh, Chris Davis is knocking on, on the door with 50. He's got 48. So this is a team that they're just so well built and the pitching. I mean, who would have thought and the way that they rebuilt their bullpen midway through the season. It's, it's just something to behold. Uh, oh, so, yeah, I, I certainly didn't see this coming uh, from Oakland. I'm not sure who else did, but I know I, for a fact, I didn't. It's kind of funny you just brought that up because I remember the first time the Yankees played uh, Oakland at the stadium. It was back in what, May? It was, it was early in the season, and I think – did Oakland take that series? No, they won the first game. They won the first game, but they gave Yankees they gave the Yankees some trouble offensively at least. And I was just like I remember walking away from that series and just saying, "Where the hell did this offense come from from the Oakland A's? Are they supposed to be good this year?" And then in my head I was like, "Nah, they're not going to be good." And then all of a sudden they just took off. Um, Chris Davis, obviously, you just mentioned him being the big reason why, offensively at least. Who's the next guy on that list, do you think? I know who it is for me, but who's that next guy for you that the Yankees have to keep an eye out for offensively on, on Oakland? You know, 2018, I, I think it starts and it ends with Matt Chapman. Uh, Matt Chapman is, uh, and again, these are, this is a team with Jed Larry's got 29 home runs, I want to say. Matt Chapman's got 24. Stephen Piscotti, a guy that a lot of, I mean, it's well documented before the season why he was traded to Oakland. His mother was having right. health issues and, and, you know, everything that happened there. But most people didn't really expect Stephen Piscotti to have this good of a year. He's got 27 home runs. So I mean, that's crazy. I, he, they got him basically out of a favor uh, to him. Uh, to be close to home with his mother, and man, he's been he's been really good for them. So I mean, yeah. just all those. I mean, it's a really unfortunate circumstance that how he got there, but it just it just shows you how you just never know where guys are going to come from and who's going to step up for a team over the course of the season. Absolutely, and when you look at the team, when you look at a team like Oakland, and they have uh, players like Piscotty, and they have guys like Jed Lowry who flies under the radar with his power and. 
But uh, but I think with with Oakland, any other season, um, Matt Chapman is an MVP candidate. It's going to come down to to Betts and Trout this year because what else is new? But uh, Matt Chapman has a WAR above eight per uh, Baseball Reference, which I understand wow. people still aren't high on WAR, but. You know, this is a guy that's an all-world defender. He's got 30-plus defensive runs saved on the season, which is unbelievable for comparison. Last time I checked, uh, Miguel Andujar had negative 15 defensive <laughs> runs saved on the season. So uh, so that just shows how good of a defender Matt Chapman actually is. Um, he's just otherworldly. He's just he's great at the plate. The OPS around uh, OPS plus around 140 this year. He's got power. He's got 24 home runs on the season. He just does everything for them. So, yeah, I think Chapman's the guy. Uh, again, I think he's flown under the radar with the rest of the team this year. I just think they're so well-rounded. And he's probably, at this point, at least in 2018, he's probably one of the best all-around players in baseball. Uh, just to go back to what you were saying about fires earlier, uh, he started Friday night opposite uh well, he wasn't actually opposite Hap, but Hap started Friday night also. So that got a lot of people thinking because that line's bolted him up for Wednesday. Oakland actually employed an opener Wednesday, um, I'm sorry, Friday, and then went to Fires. And I think he got hit up pretty well. I think he gave up six runs in three and a third innings. Um, but if we get, if both teams go to conventional start, a starting pitcher in that game, and let's say we're in the bullpen in the third inning in the wild card game. Who do you give the advantage to at that point? Oakland's bullpen or the Yankees' bullpen? Well, that's a really good question, too, because both both teams have been... Uh, I mean, the Yankees have had their share of up and downs this year. Obviously, Chapman um, with the injury, and, and he's been better as of late since coming off the DL. The first start, his first appearance back, I should say, was, wasn't great. He gave up two hits, but since then, he's been pretty good. Um you know, I got to give it to the Yankees here just based on reputation. Uh, Jury's Familia is a guy for Oakland. He's pitched well, but he's still going to load the bases. He's going to put guys on base. Um, I just really overall, I like the Yankees bullpen a little bit better. You hope Zach Britton can stop being consistently inconsistent and just and, and pitch well. I mean, we've seen that since he's come over. Uh, he's been better. Of, he's been better of late. Except for, he's uh, been better of late, but you know, sometimes with with relievers, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Right. right? I mean, we're talking, uh, we're talking Chase and Shreve type stuff where he pitches well for a week at a time, and then uh, you know he, he reverts back to Chase and Shreve, obviously with St. Louis now. But <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it's tough to say. Blake Trinan is is otherworldly as their closer. He's probably the best reliever in baseball in 2018. His ERA is under one. Uh, but I, I do give the edge to the Yankees just based on reputation. Um, but we've seen this time of year. Guys can come out of nowhere. They can pitch out of nowhere and pitch well. Uh, but I think this year I have to give it, at least for the, for one game, I have to give it to the Yankees. It's funny because all year we've talked about uh, the Yankees. Are, you know, Everyone expects them to just be this powerhouse. Because A, they do have a lot of talent, and B, they did make it to Game 7 of the ALCS last year. But the truth is, they're still a very young team, uh, and they're growing, and experience goes a, an extremely long way in Major League Baseball. And yeah, offensively and in, in the field, this is a very young team, but the one thing you got to be kind of confident about here is that a lot of our pitchers have are veterans with experience. So, like, even the bullpen guys right now, even guys like David Robertson, who I am kind of worried about, you could still have some confidence in. But when you're talking now starting pitcher for the Yankees, 
In my opinion, it could go one of three ways. I personally think now two. Uh, one of two ways. Who is going to start this game for the New York Yankees? Is it going to be their, you know, supposed ace? Is it going to be the veteran with the experience and the stability? Who, in your mind, starts this game for the Yankees? Man, that's a, a good question. I think I think all signs are pointing towards Hap. I just think Hap is a guy with that postseason pedigree. He's pitched in the World Series game, so uh, you know that he he's got the stones to at least hang him for a little bit in a wild card game. Um, I, you know, it's either Hap or Tanaka, in my opinion. I know uh, Tanaka kind of rubs people the wrong way, and he has. But let's not forget that Tanaka was lights out in the postseason last year too. He's a guy that. One four four. One four four postseason ERA, by the way. Yeah, yep. And then he was he was very very good for them last year. But I think the hesitance is, um, can you count on a guy to flip that switch? Can you count on a guy to um, kind of put the regular season behind him and then look at the postseason and say, all right, your season? Tanaka's the guy that seems to be able to do that. Uh, but I think Hap is going to be the guy. He's just been. Their most consistent pitcher since he was acquired. He's pitched very, very well for them. I think uh, they're going to play it a little safe and go with Hap at least for a while, and then maybe bring in the arms from the bullpen uh, to try and finish it out. But I think Hap is going to be the answer. Uh, I think he's going to be the guy. I think the signs have all been pointing to Hap Joe, uh, for a few weeks now. Joe, do you think the Yankees are looking at the fact? You know, I completely understand. In in my heart, Hap is stability. He's the one that you're confident can at least keep a game you know, at, at at its best for five innings. But do you think the Yankees are looking at the fact that Masahiro Tanaka, I believe, has like a, a 2-5-3 ERA against Oakland, and Hap, Hap actually in his career has a has an ERA almost a point higher, a run higher? You know, it's it's a good question. I just think that the problem there is um, you can't really look at, at stats from seasons past because different teams are different constructs, right? You're not always going to be facing the same nine guys in a lineup, but I, I think you look at what Tanaka's done recently, uh, some good, some bad, most, you know, mixed bag. Um, he's been better as of late again, but, uh, you know, uh, he's just a guy that right now it depends. You look at an, an 101 season, can you trust him in one game? And the results this year have been more more no than, than yes. When you look at last season, he got off to a really bad start, but he picked it up in the second half, and you were hoping for that same thing this year. But the second half has been more downs and ups. So uh, I think I still think Hap is going to be the guy. I, I think they trust him in one game. This is what they got him for. Uh, that and beating Boston um, this year is he's done well. But again, I, I think it's Hap. Um, I'm just not sure how much they trust Tanaka right now uh, for one game. But he's certainly been good for them in big spots in the past. All right, Chris and Christian here of NYY Sports Talk. We're on with Joe Rivera of the Sporting News previewing the wild card game, which will be between the Yankees and the Oakland A's uh, Wednesday night at Yankee Stadium. We just talked about it, uh, J.A. Happ possibly being the starter for this uh, wild card game. It's amazing to see the contributions of the guys that uh, Cashman picked up at the trade deadline, thinking that at the beginning of the year you would never thought in a one-game winner go-home game Jay Happ would be making that start for the Yankees. And then another guy that he picked up Seemingly out of nowhere, with no pretty much no fanfare, has been Luke Voigt. Uh, guy's become a, a fan favorite. He's got what twelve home runs in his limited time here, and he's going to be the starting first baseman for the Yankees in this wild card game. Did anybody 
I know Cashman's going to say analytics, you know, hard hit rate, <laughs> uh, his walk rate, whatever. But did anybody actually see this coming out of Luke Voigt? Let me tell you, uh, if you uh, listen to some of my takes and then years prior, I was a big Luke Voigt guy. I thought he had, no, I'm just kidding. I, I, <laughs> listen, I don't think anybody saw this coming. Um, and, and certainly Yankee fans didn't the way that they wanted him out. Uh, after a week in pinstripes, but he's certainly morphed into a hitter for them. We're talking Shane Spencer, Shelly Duncan type type stuff right here, and uh, you have to ride the hot hand, especially since first base has been such a, a black hole for the most part for them this season. Uh, yeah, nobody saw this coming, and when you dump Chase and Shreve and then get money back or send money to uh, St. Louis for a guy like Voigt, he's a guy that obviously, you know, they, they do their research. They know numbers that uh, we don't know that we'll probably never see. It's just the way that the Yankees operate with their analytics department, their research department. But, yeah, I don't think anybody saw this coming. I'm not even sure Cashman saw this coming, the way that he's hitting, the way he's hitting big spots. He was having trouble with breaking balls when he first came over, but he seems to have adjusted, and he's just having a hell of a time, man. And he's a, he's a big boy, too, and I'm not talking boy with a Y. I'm talking boy with, boy with an I. Uh, that's just a big, strong guy. Um, so I... I, I I don't think anybody saw this coming from Voight. Uh, I'm sure that they're thankful because uh, they have an answer at first base now, at least for, for this for the rest of the season. So, uh, yeah, I, I certainly didn't see this coming. So I, I don't think anybody else did. So this is all coming at the expense of one Gregory Bird. Uh, the guy has just fallen into a, you like to use the term black hole. He's fallen into one. I mean, the, uh, they dusted him off yesterday in what was, uh, essentially a spring training game. He got to start at first base yesterday. It's hard to even fathom us asking this question. I know the roster construction could be a little bit different in one game, but is, could you see a scenario where Greg Bird does not make the postseason roster for the Yankees? I almost think he has to because he's a lefty, and I just think that lefties are so valuable in the postseason. Um, he did have a few hits the other night. Uh, it, it's tough for me to say he doesn't. I can see how he doesn't, but yeah, again, he's been a black hole a large part of the season. You kind of feel bad for the guy because he's had so many injuries, and you know, coming back, being tossed into the middle of the season and hoping he can turn around, it just hasn't. Um, so I, I can see a world where he doesn't make the postseason roster, but at the same time, I think he will, just based on the fact that he's a lefty and, and he still has that power. He did hit a big home run for them last year. He was he had a few big hits for them in the postseason last year, so I don't think that they're uh, going to discount that at all. So uh, I can see a world where he doesn't. I would be surp- a little surprised if he doesn't, but I can certainly understand. Uh, I can understand if he doesn't. Joe, you touched on it before. Uh, Yankees got Chapman back. He's he was a little uh, up in the air. Um, his first couple outings back, which we kind of expected because when the guy doesn't pitch for four days, he can't find the strike zone. So he was out for how many weeks at that point? Um, but of late, his last couple times out, and I think uh, Boone said he was going to try and get him out there today again. Uh, he's looked much, much better, uh, more like the Chapman we all know and somewhat love, I guess. Uh, does Boone have enough confidence in him to close out this game? The one-game wild card? Yeah, I think he, I think he should, and I think he kind of has to, uh, based on the money that he's making. And I understand not everybody likes pointing to, uh, contracts and, and salaries at this time of year, but you signed Chapman for these big spots. You signed him to be there at the end of the bullpen, uh, to close out games in big spots. Uh, so I think that, that Boone doesn't really have much of a choice unless the wheels fall off 
Um, you know, and we're talking ahead if, if the Yankees make, uh, if they make the ALDS and, and the wheels fall off there, then you kind of have to, uh, reassess. But yeah, I think he kind of has to. And then, like you mentioned, I, he's pitched much better, um, as of late. So I, I think that that kind of, uh, that soothes their minds a bit. Uh, Chapman's a guy that he's always been a little bit wild. Uh, the only thing that concerns me about Chapman is that his swinging strikes are down a little bit since coming back. Um, but I think that that's something that'll be corrected. Uh, yeah, I think that they have to trust them. <laughs> that's just the, the most simple way. And Joe, uh, you know, he's making that money. So it's really putting the money aside at this point. It's not like anyone else has truly blown Boone away. It's not like, uh, Britain's gone out there over the last two months and, uh, you know, has been lights out. Batances has his issues in the ninth inning. So if I if it's a close game in the ninth and I'm going to lose that game, I want it to be with the guy who is here to do that job instead of a guy who, you know, really hasn't had the best success of late. Chapman's my guy. I, I'm going to Chapman in the ninth no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, and you don't want to be a Buck Showalter and leave your best horse in the barn, right, like you did with Britain a few years ago. Right. So uh, Chapman's got to be that guy. I think he's, he's going to make an appearance no matter where it is in that game. Uh, but if it is certainly the ninth inning or, or late innings and you need him to close them out, if you're talking five-out save, four-out save, that's where it gets a little dicey for me. Um, but, yeah, I think that he's, he's going to be a guy that has to has to close out a game there. All right, Joe, so uh, Thursday afternoon, C.C. Sabathia went out there and uh, he decided that protecting his teammates was more important than making $500,000. So, you know, he's a consummate leader. He's uh, one of the guys that this team leads on for that veteran leadership. But he has these games out there, although he was really good on Thursday, he has these games where, he, you know, he's got to get the hook in the the second, third inning. I don't think this would be a scenario that would uh, come to fruition until maybe the uh, ALCS should the Yankees get it that far. But do you believe that if the Yankees get that deep, that Sabathia is getting a start in this postseason? I think he will. Uh, CC Sabathia is a better man than I. I would have slapped my father for five hundred thousand dollars to get the opportunity. Um, I just think that he's, you know, he, he's genuine. He's as genuine as it gets, and. Uh, my limited times talking with him this season and last season, you can just tell that he's just a very, very genuine guy. He's very relaxed. He's very, he is who he is. What you see on the mound, uh, is what you get with him as a person for the most part. You know, he's not cursing any reporters off in the clubhouse, obviously, but I think that he's certainly earned the opportunity. Uh, he's pitched here for so long and he's pitched well for so long. He kind of reinvented himself the last few years. Uh, he's a guy that knows how to pitch now. Uh, this year, he's obviously had his struggles. Uh, hasn't given you a lot of length this year, but his ERA is still under four. Um, and he's a guy that you want on the mound. I think, I think the players around him, they trust him. And how many times have I said that, um, you know, baseball, there are some things in baseball that are just unquantifiable. And I think it gets to a point where a guy like CC, he's earned that regardless of his stats, regardless of how well or not well he's pitched lately. So, I do think he will get the opportunity. Um, he's a lefty, which again, the lefties, either hitters or pitchers, are always undervalued this time of year. Uh, very valuable for teams, I should say. So I think he'll get the opportunity. Uh, Joe, we only have a couple questions left. We'll get you. We'll get you off here. I have a quick question, and then I just have a follow-up question that 
Um, I don't even have written down in front of me here, but, uh, speaking of CC, you got to throw in another lefty, the, the left fielder, Brett Gardner. Um, two big question marks for 2019. Do you see them coming back to the Bronx? Man, it's, it's so tough. I think with Gardner, especially the writing has been on the wall for him. Um, the, the team absolutely refused to trade Clint Frazier. I said in the past, I think that he's the left fielder of the future for this team. Um, They've had the opportunity to trade him. Uh, Cashman hasn't been shy about trading prospects this year either. Obviously, Billy McKinney went. Uh, they made the trade for Robertson last year um, and Canley. So it's not like Cashman's been afraid to trade guys. Uh, and I think that Fraser is a guy that has had the opportunity to go. Um, so I, I think that he's going to be that left fielder next year as long as his health, if he stays healthy, which has been obviously a question mark for him um, with the concussion issues. So, you know, Garner, it's, it's, t- it's really tough to say. Obviously, he hasn't had the best year offensively in his career. He hasn't really gotten on base much. He hasn't gone on that real signature Brett Gardner hot streak that he's, he has in years past where he just goes on a tear for three or four weeks at a time and he just carries an offense, which we've seen. And that hasn't happened this year. It's not like he's all over. I believe he's 33 or 34 years old now. So um, it's not like he's, he's a 39-year-old. If he comes back, I can see him coming back on a one- or a two-year deal. I don't think they're going to sign him anything longer than that. I think the future the future out there is still Clint Frazier. Um, and depending on how and who else uh, pans out in the farm system, whether it's Foreal, I think they have uh, answers there in the farm system that they're comfortable with as well. But if Gardner comes back, I think he gets a year. I think that CC is the one that I just don't see coming back, honestly. Um, I just think the rotation is going to be too bloated to bring him back. Uh, just the Sheffield is going to get his chance at the rotation next year. Uh, you have other guys in that rotation where you just might not have a spot for CC there, especially if he, uh, if he goes out there and it doesn't really give you length, which I know that as a fifth starter, uh, length isn't really your job. But at the same time, if you can save, Aaron Boone said in the past, if you can save your bullpen arms by making your starters go longer in games, uh, that's, that's a big time goal of his, so. Uh, I don't really see CC coming back. It depends what the Yankees do this postseason. Um, if he, if they make a deep run, uh, then maybe he, he'd be willing to come back on a little bit of a discount, but I'm not sure I really see, see it. Uh, I'm going to let Christian here, uh, finish this up, but I have to ask this question and it came to me, uh, the other day when I was driving. I was really, you ever see the movie Moneyball? Yes, I have. Nice feel, nice feel good story, right? Uh, it feels like the A's have been doing this for a long time. Billy Bean's been doing this for a long time. And it seems like they have these years, just like this year, where they get that far, right? They, they do something to shock you and they get this far, but they never have a good enough team to get it done. Does he cut the money ball BS after this year and say, look, I have a great team right now. And if I spend some money on some big time guys this offseason, the Oakland A's might win a World Series next year. Does he finally take out the checkbook, go after maybe certain guys that he wouldn't in the past? I, I really, I just don't see it. Um, you know, if o- Oakland's gone this long without spending money and nothing short of them this new ownership or a new stadium or moving uh, will really will really hammer that home for them. I just think that they're in such a position where they've done what they can this year uh, without really spending that money. And a guy like Sean Manaya, who they got in trade with Ben Zobris, was their ace until he hurt his shoulder and he was out for the year. So 
Um, I think that they see that this works at least staying competitive without spending the money that with a Josh Donaldson. Yeah, and never and never winning a, a championship. I mean, yeah, it's just... I know it's it's such it's such a difficult position to be in, and, and far be it for me to side with billionaires because you know they're billionaires, and uh, I'm driving a Volkswagen Jetta, so <laughs> I understand that. I, I I understand that you know it, it's it's tough for fans or writers to really side with billionaires, but I at least understand why. Baseball is a business about making money, and when you start handing out big time contracts and and you know high your high three figure deals, a hundred. $150 million, that's tough for any team uh, to bounce back from. We've seen that happen with the Rangers in the early 2000s. Um, obviously, not every team is the Yankees where, where they just have this money or the Red Sox, uh, where they can make this money elsewhere based on their brands. The A's just aren't like that. So uh, I don't really see them spending money. I see them continuing to make those ancillary deals, uh, those minor deals where they bring in guys who are underrated, who are undervalued, who fit their mold, really fit what they're trying to do, but I don't see them making a, a big splash of free agency. That's uh, Unless it's like a one-year deal um, or a short deal where they're making lots of money, uh, if they want to give Bryce Harper a one-year $50 million deal, and maybe they do it. <laughs> hmm. But it's so, it's so tough to say. I don't really see them going that route. All right, Joe, I got two things for you. One Yankee-related, one just to aggravate Chris. No one cares about wrestling this week. No one cares about anything but the playoffs. <laughs> So we'll we'll end it on the Yankee thing, uh, but I, you mentioned the, the name Sean, and it got me thinking real quick. I wasn't even going to ask this, but you know they got the show in Aust- WWE's got the show in Australia on on uh, Saturday. It's supposed to set up Shawn Michaels' return to the ring when they go back to Saudi Arabia. What's your thoughts on him? I know it's going to be a quote old man match. It's going to be Triple H and Shawn versus Undertaker and Kane. But what's your thoughts, real quick, on uh, Shawn Michaels coming back to the ring there? Excuse probably between him and Flair, uh, two of my favorites of all time, uh, easily both make my top five. That being said, I have zero interest in seeing Shawn Michaels wrestle another match. Um, I just think that his career ended too perfectly. He's a guy that didn't leave WWE on a retirement match and wrestle in TNA like Flair did. Um, and not to say I lost respect for Flair. I mean, some guys just can't get it out of their system. I, I personally have no interest in seeing Shawn wrestle again. I'm sure that'll change when I see him step in the ring. Uh, we'll see if he can go, especially without his hair, because he cut his ponytail. Yeah, off, really, that's so weird. weird. So, uh, which, which is very, very strange. That looks like a shift manager with a Taco Bell. Um, <laughs> so, so um, you know, again, I really don't, I, I really have no interest in seeing him, but we'll see if that changes when I see him, when the bell actually rings, when I see him in the ring again. So the bell is going to ring about 8.15 or so on Wednesday evening, which is the day before my birthday. I just wanted to put that out there. Uh, no one cares. When the Yank, when it's, when the final bell rings, when, uh, you know, there's one team left standing at the end of the day, give me your prediction for that wild card game. Who's advancing to play Boston Red Sox in the ALDS? And if we, if we were on our Oakland A sports talk, then I think I'd say the A's, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I have to, I have to play to your audience a little bit. I, I really think the Yankees are going to come away with it. I think that they've had such a good year. At some point, the, the slipper falls off Cinderella, the, the carriage turns back into a pumpkin. I just think that the A's are at that point right now. Um, they've been so fun to watch this year, but I just, I'm not sure the arms that they have in the pen will, will help, uh, with the Yankees, the bats, and, and they're getting really hot at the right time. I know everybody wants to discount these last few games because they're essentially spring training games since 
Yankees clinched, but ever since that Tampa series, they, they've been waking up. Uh, Stanton's getting hot right now. Sanchez has hit a, a few home runs over that span. So, they've averaged 7.16 uh, runs a game since Judge was inserted back into the starting lineup. Yeah, it just shows how much he means to this team, too. Uh, and, and, you're very, and I think Yankee fans are very thankful that Didi is back. Oh yeah, uh, and, that's, and playing, and he hits a home run too. And you know, after that, that heart attack thing, you might you might not play the rest of the year. So, I think the Yankees take it at home. Um, you know, it, it's it's so tough to say because you know sometimes hot it just plays. You know, you're a hot team. Uh, you play with swagger. You come together like the A's have, and that just works. And I think that they see this bold board material, and they probably listen to this podcast and say, "Hey, this this Joe Rivera jackass is picking up the <laughs> Let's go out there and you know." But uh, I really think that that helps, especially in baseball. So I do think the Yankees will come out on top. They've been in this situation before. It depends, again, how well Boone has managed, will manage the bullpen. Uh, that's been one of his one of his uh, flaws this season. I think he's done such a good job for them. I think that's one of his flaws this year, not getting I agree. guys up in time. But, um, yeah, I think the Yankees are just too good. They're too hot right now, and I don't think they're going to lose at home. Joe, we've seen it time and time again that the Yankees, even if they go through a little lull, they seem to get hot at the right time, and it and it means the world. So uh, we couldn't agree. We appreciate you coming on for the hundredth time. Uh, always a pleasure. You mean we couldn't agree more. You saying we couldn't agree means that we don't. Agree. We couldn't agree more. Yeah. Forgot a word. <laughs> a big word. I'd forget my my head if it wasn't. Joe, I don't know if we ever told you this story, but his wife has to label things at home so he knows what they're called. Yes. Does he, uh, does he wear a hello, my name is, <laughs> <laughs> around his house? Hi, I'm Tom. <laughs> well, but that's next. Joe, we want to thank you, man. You spent over a half hour with us previewing this wild card game. Uh, as always, follow Joe on Twitter, at Joe Rivera SN. You won't be disappointed. And hopefully we'll uh, we'll speak to you in a couple weeks when the Yankees are uh, maybe making a push to get into the World Series. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Always a pleasure, pal. Take care. All right, we're back here on episode 73 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast. That was our interview with Joe Rivera. Uh, great job, as always, by Joe. I like having Joe on when we want to get more of a broader sp- perspective on the league because he doesn't just focus in on the Yankees. So gave us some good insight onto the A's there. Um, real quick before we get into the next segment of the show, I do want to just do the proverbial tip of the cap to uh, David Wright, who uh, I don't know if he's getting in that bat today. The Mets don't. They haven't said one I think way that or the was other. it. But night. that was his big send-off last night. And uh, it's been a hell of a career for David Wright. He was the face of the Mets for a real, real long time. It's really been unfortunate the way that injuries have just taken him out of uh, baseball for the last three or so years. Uh, it's I know Chris hates Don Mattingly, but it's almost Don Mattingly-esque how he was the face of the franchise here in New York for a real long time, and injuries just kept him from getting to that another level of greatness. And I gotta just—I just got mad respect for the guy. I don't especially hate Don Mattingly, by the way. You always oh, I hate Don Mattingly. That's like one of your I just game. do that to piss you off. Uh, was Wright playing in that? Did he play in that World Series against Kansas yeah. City? Yeah, he yeah, did he play in there. Uh, I just got a lot of respect for David Wright, especially he worked his ass off to get back on the field. Just even Being if told a hundred times that he would never yeah. play again. I know it, what he grounded out on Friday. He had a walk in no, the pop walked, up. He popped up on Friday. He grounded out. He had a pinch hitting appearance on uh. Friday. Grounded out. He walked. He popped up on last night. So I mean, he, he 
it is what it is. It's not nothing to write home about. But just the fact that he was going to go out on his own terms and get back in a major league uniform is phenomenal. I got nothing but respect for David Wright. And even as a Yankee fan, I've always been a big fan of his. So, you know, happy uh, trails in retirement to David Wright. And I just want to say something real quick on David Wright. We were talking about this before we started recording. Not many people realize that when all these injuries started to plague him, he was really still in his prime. He had two two solid years left of being great. And probably had a lot more than that to No, be two of being great before you started to see his age start to take over a little bit. And that's really what's so unfortunate. I know as Yankee fans, we all hate the Mets or hate Mets fans or whatever, but you know what? Last night was pretty awesome to see that they got that special moment I mean, of saying goodbye to him. I don't have kids yet. I mean, you do, so maybe you could speak to this a little bit. I was going to say this also. I couldn't imagine being an all-star level player, especially in New York, to get a send-off like that and have your little daughter throw out the first pitch to you. Man, that must have been. And his biggest motivation for coming back was that his daughter never got to really see him play. Or ever, because neither child was born the last time. No, I know. And uh, and, uh, his biggest thing was to just be on the field at least once for them, so... As a father myself, like you said, that was incredible. Good for him. Happy for him. He always presented himself the right way. you got to respect it. And it's a shame that the Mets organization isn't uh, better than what it is. But now let's segue into from one New York player probably making his last appearance uh, for a baseball team in New York to maybe another New York player uh, could be possibly making his final appearances for for a New York baseball club. And that's Guardy. We're going to bring in Guardy for the Guardy Report. As always, the Guardy Report is brought to you by We're All Tied Up. Follow them on Instagram. It is fall. Christmas is coming up sooner than you think. Get your custom-made wreaths for the autumn, you know, football season. They do a great job with giant and jet wreaths. Maybe I'll I'll allow them to make it. What do they make? Wreaths? Yeah, you know what a wreath is? A wreath? There's something wrong with your brother. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was reading the plug and you ruined it. <laughs> you're such an, you know, you're something wrong with you. Uh, anyway, NFL wreaths. You got your, you know, decorate your outside for uh, autumn coming up, Christmas, all those good things. Check them out on Instagram at We're All Tied Up. But now it's time for Gardy, who we haven't had on in a while. But hey, Gardy. Hey, guys. How you doing, buddy? I don't know. Kind of sad. What's there to be sad about? The team just won their hundredth no, game no, of the no, year. No, no, I get it. I get it. Just a, it, this could be my last. You know, Wednesday. If you think about it, it could be my last time wearing the pinstripes, guys. That's it. What What is your overall feeling on whether or not the team will bring you back? Yeah, I'm definitely that? gone. There's no way, dude. We got a. <laughs> you know, there's so many good outfielders on this team, dude. I'm just not gonna. Uh, I'm probably not coming back next year, dude. How would you feel if Jacoby Ellsbury plays for the Yankees next year and you're in, uh, I don't know, where's a good spot for Guardy next year? Cincinnati? <laughs> yeah, Cincinnati, San Diego, any team that only won 40 or 50 games. Are you going to be pissed though if Ellsbury? Hell yeah, I'm going to be pissed if Jacoby's out there and I'm not. I mean, if it's Florio, fine. If it's Frazier, fine. Better not be Ellsbury. You, that's not going to sit with you too well. No, it's not. And, uh, you know, but whatever. I, I'm not worried about that yet. We just got to prepare for Oakland. I'm doing that. Tonight, I'm going to watch Moneyball. 
Is that like the scouting report in the Oakland yeah, A lot of people don't do this, but that's how I scout major league teams. Like, for the Oakland Athletics, I'm going to watch Moneyball. Then when we beat them for Boston, I'm going to watch Fever Pitch. <laughs> and then when we beat Boston and Cleveland beats Houston, I'm going to watch Major League with Charlie Sheen. Which one gives you a better scouting report on the Indians, Major League 1 or 2? Oh, Major League 2, no doubt, dude. All right, last thing I wanted to ask you, because we know you got to take the Brett Jet back up to Boston. Actually, I had to trade in the Brett Jet since, you know, I'm not going to be on New York anymore. I'm just driving a Toyota Prius now. That's why Prius? You could, you that's went, why uh, you couldn't hear me pull up today. I was in my stealthy yeah. little Prius. Larry David drives a Prius. Yeah, that's what he, he, sold, he sold me his old one. Oh, nice. So you, yeah. it's gone so bad you're driving a used car now. Yeah, I'm driving used. Got to pinch pennies, man. You you gotta do what's right for the family. Speaking of that, Prius is actually why I brought you on here today. I wanted to ask you this. I heard this story told by one of your teammates. Um, after the season last year, you uh, you were driving back to Holly Hill, and you didn't realize you didn't have the radio on for six and a half hours. What do you? What's Guardy thinking about in the car with no music for six and a half hours? Oh my god, dude! I can't believe you you're bringing this up, man. I, I, you know, I just, you know, I think about, I think about life. You know where I'm at in life. How, how am I gonna cut the the farm in Holly Hill? And uh, you know, it's a tough question, man. I just didn't realize I didn't have the radio on. I don't know what you want from me. I wish that story didn't leak because it's kind of embarrassing. All right, Gary, we're gonna let you because it's gonna take you. Yeah, a little let bit, me go back in my Prius. It's gonna take you a little bit longer to get up there without the. Had to trade jets. in the Brett Jet, the Guardy bus, the Lincoln Navigardi. <laughs> I didn't even know you had a Navigardi. Yeah, I got a, I got a Navigardi, a Lamborghini. Had to trade that. You definitely in. don't have that anymore. No, it's gone. All right, Gary, uh, best of luck uh, in the postseason for you. Take it easy, guys. I'll uh, see you. Maybe, thanks, uh, maybe I'll never see you again. All right, that was a Guardy report brought to you by We're All Tied Up. Definitely check them out on Instagram. We're All Tied Up for your custom-made wreaths. Very good. Wreath. So what do you want to – I have some quick hitters for you guys. I don't know if you want to discuss some stuff first and then get to them. You tell me. Well, is one of your quick hitters who should start the game? Of course. All right, so uh, no, you can just jump right into it. All right, quick hitters. I want us all to not dive into it too much, just – Give me your answers, and then I'll move on to the next one. First one, obviously, who's starting the game for the New York Yankees? James Anthony Happ. You really believe? I think he's, if you wanted me to go more into detail over it, he started the game on Friday, lines him up perfectly to pitch on Wednesday. And I know people are going to look at, oh, four runs, six innings on Friday, but I don't count the sixth inning on Friday. Boone left him in the game because the score was 8 nothing. He pitched uh, one run, five innings, and that's all your look. And that was Boston's A lineup. I don't want to hear any garbage right. that they weren't that they trying were, to win. Right. They had their A lineup out there on Friday. So that's all you're looking for from Hap. And we go back to it a hundred times. If you're that concerned over Sanchez's catching on in the wild card game, Hap's the easiest guy to catch. Right. Now watch him have four pass balls. I go, yeah. I go Masahiro Tanaka. I know he struggled in the last month of the season. He did the same exact thing last year, but this is a guy that has proven himself in my my eyes to be a big game 
pitcher. Let's I like, go with Moss. I like this. I also like that Gary Sanchez has he, he looks good, good catching chemistry. Uh, with, yeah, with yeah, him. they do well together. Plus and, another thing, just one quick. It, I I like J. A. Happ to pitch. I I wanted him originally, but I think the fact that Oakland has a bunch of righties. Plus, if you win this game, I want Happ for that. I know you don't like looking ahead. I understand that, but you need Happ to beat Boston um, once or twice. I don't. I that's why I go Tanaka. It's kind of cool here because we're all gonna have different answers. Wow, cool. My easy answer, and I I think in my deep down in, in my heart, I think it's just gonna be J. Happ, but. There is something telling me that Luis Severino has shown the Yankees enough in the final few outings of the season that they don't want to lose this game with him on the bench. And I really think Luis Severino is getting the ball Wednesday night. I've said it. I said it plenty of times on here. I, I still part of me is just like I don't know how the Yankees rationale would be, but I, I, me personally, I don't think I could lose that game with Luis Severino on the bench. But I, I agree with you, but I do think it's going to be happening. Um, what inning did the Yankees dip into the bull into the bullpen? Uh, in a perfect scenario, in in your in your gut, like last year, you would never think they were in, they'd be in the bullpen in the first inning, right? Did, so did he even get an out? Yeah, he got one out. Yeah. So where in your in your heart of hearts, no matter who's pitching, well, go with who you said you thought is going to pitch. When are the Yankees in the bullpen? Sixth inning. Wow. I say fourth or fifth inning. I say fourth or fifth also, which leads me to my next question. Uh, who's first out of the pen if you don't get a full five innings out of your starter? Or even, you know, at five innings, who's your first guy you go to? Chad Michael Murray Green. Yeah. Chad Michael Murray Green. Yeah, it's got to be Green regardless. Now, say it is Hap or whoever's pitching and they go seven strongs, you know, six strong. Are you still going to Green? I think so. I no. think Green if has you're been in great. the seventh inning now, you cut it down. You cut it yeah. down. Robertson, Batances. Are you really going to go to Robertson before you're going to go to Green at this point? Absolutely, dude. I think so. Robertson has given up a ro- <sighs> big I runs. Hope that's the situation. Oh man, I don't know about that, man. I think if you're not into the eighth inning with your starter, you're going to Green no matter what. No. Uh, I'm. Uh, so what I'm if like- the what if the starter goes seven deep? You're going to go to Green in the eighth? No, you're going I to just Batances. said if he doesn't go at least seven, then you're going to go to Batances. No, I, honest, you, I think I, I think you cut it down to Robinson, Britton, Batances. Uh, no, no, not even. We're not even thinking about a role as Chapman yeah. here. I think I you was. cut it down to Britton, Batances, and Chapman. Robertson know. might not even. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. If Robertson's your answer, I disagree. No, no, no. But we keep forgetting. I me. I don't know about you guys, but I keep forgetting about Chapman because he's still not all the way back. Last so, year, the the unexpected happened. Even though we did mention that it could in this podcast, uh, Yankees fell behind quick, three nothing, and they kind of played catch up. Didi hit the big home run, so on and so forth. Bullpen locked it down. Yankees won. Do you see the same type of thing playing out, or do the Yankees finally let us breathe, go out there, and take care of business? On if Wednesday? the Yankees get one out from their starting pitcher this season, this wild card game, they're not winning the game. They got lucky last year that Irvin Santana was on the mound, and he sucks as bad as anybody. I'm sorry. I know the guy's a major leaguer, but he's Irvin Santana in a big game. I would rather you pitch. If I was the Yankees and I had a choice between Chris Stacy and his broken ass shoulder and he hasn't thrown a baseball, Elbow. whatever the hell it is. Yeah, my, I'm the shoulder. And Irvin Santana, I'd rather you go out there and pitch the game. Uh, I'll take that as a compliment. 
Oakland Athletics, their bullpen has been very uh, shaky the last few weeks. Does, they lost their first. That's my question. What was the question? Do the Yankees fall behind oh, again, yeah. or do they take care of business? I don't think they'll fall behind three runs. Like if they fall behind three again, they're losing this game. It's gonna. I think it'll be a close game. I don't know. I don't know necessarily way. that the Yankees are going to come out and put up eight runs in three innings. They could fall behind, but I do think the Yankees will be in it for the long haul. It's not going to be. It's not going to be like last year, where in the first inning you thought the whole season was over. Um, I'll also say that I think whoever starts is going at least five strong. Um, all right, last last quick hitter here. If the Yankees do win this wild card game, who is the star of the game? We touched on it briefly earlier that we were talking about um, how the way Hicks, uh, Judge, and McCutcheon were down opposing uh, pitchers, and the guy that needs to step up and be big is uh, number twenty-seven. I think he. If I gotta if I gotta pick one guy, it's gonna have a back breaking hit or the the big hit in the game. I think it's gonna be John Carl Stanton. Mine is you gotta go Didi every time. Wow. Guys the guy's clutch. Wow. I'm gonna say John Carlos Stanton. I really think that this guy was made for the postseason, and he is going to take advantage of every second he gets in the postseason. Especially if Mike Fires is in that game. Oh my I god! Know. Imagine, maybe that maybe that will that could work against him, Melvin, from going to Fires to, to. I just hope that if Fires is in this game, that G doesn't get that hyped over it. That he tries to do too much, but I think. On a big spot in a wild card game, Mike Fires, who he fucking hates because he nearly killed him, and then he hit him again this year and talked shit about him. I think that might be all that John Carl Stanton needs to wow. just hit one five hundred feet. I love it. All right, I'm I'm done. All right, so just now we here we are last game of the season. Like we said, it's uh, basically spring training game today. A um, couple milestones the Yankees hit over the weekend. They um they hit their two hundred and did they hit another one or yeah. just two two six so they're at two sixty six now. Yes. Two hundred and sixty six home runs. They now own the record for most team home runs hit in a season. We thought they would hit about two fifty this year, which they went past that. And think about this. Didi Gregorius basically didn't play two months this season. He one he month of May he completely fell off the face of the earth, and then he missed a month with injury. Uh, Aaron Judge missed what seven weeks. Yep. So you take that, you put that into the equation. This team could have pushed for three hundred home runs this year. Crazy. And John Carlos Stan hit has hit what thirty eight this year, and you would say he's underachieved. And just comparing the way they did it this year, breaking that home run record, compared to how the Seattle Mariners did it in nineteen ninety seven. Yep. The Mariners had two hitters have forty or more home runs. The Yankees had zero. Who had 40 or more home runs. Which is unbelievable. Christian texted us that. And I was shocked. But I'll say this. And everyone's been down on Gary. Rightfully so. Oh, that's another guy. Gary Sanchez. Complete lost season. Right. In a sense. But kind of contradictory to what I'm about to say. Think about how bad he was this year offensively. Think about how many games he missed. 
he's going to end his year barring any home runs today. I, I forget if he was in the lineup. He is. How many home runs does he have? 18? 18, yeah. Can you believe that this yeah. guy, as a catcher, missing that much time and being so lost at the plate all year, still has 18 home runs? That's unbelievable. You have to honestly look at Gary Sanchez's run production this year. Take I know the batting average is atrocious. Prorate it throughout a full season and look at what he did. And think about what he did his first year here, what he did last year, and what he's done playing about half a season. And you just want the Yankees to give up on that because of past balls? They're not going to do it. The average Unless- has to get better. And and it will because he has the potential to be a very good hitter. But you have to get past that right now. He had a he had a bad season. So now what your hope is, is that and everybody says it. You listen to any sports talk radio show, any podcast, they'll all tell you the same thing. Gary Sanchez can wreck a game in the good way. He can wreck a game all by himself. As much as we love Austin Romine, and he's been a great Yankee, fills his role perfectly, Austin Romine cannot wreck a game all by himself. No. I, I've been saying it until I've been blue in the face, and people disagree with me. But as a pitcher myself, you're looking at who's up at the plate. You're not in the moment saying to yourself, oh, good, it's Gary Sanchez. He's only batting 170, whatever, 180, whatever. He's an easy out. You're looking at him and saying, this is Gary Sanchez. And if I make one mistake, the ball is going to leave the stadium. And that in itself, in a big postseason game, is in, it, it's invaluable. You, and, and realistically, was he going to hit seventh in the wild card game? Right. <laughs> he was in, hitting eighth yesterday. Oh, my. I mean, that in itself, to put that kind of pressure on the pitcher mm-hmm. and to and to lengthen this lineup – I don't care what he's batting at that point. You do not sit Gary Sanchez. No. Also, Yankees uh, Glaber hit the game. Uh, the the I'll get this out eventually. The tie breaking home run, but also by doing that, he set another major league record because he was batting ninth yesterday. So the yep. Yankees now have twenty home runs from every position in the batting every order. spot in the batting order position spot. What the hell's the difference? You're just using different words to aggravate people now but you know what i'm saying every spot in the batting order one through nine has hit 20 home runs this year Un- that is unheard of it is unheard Literally, of. It's the yeah. first time in major league baseball uh, that that's happened and then you had miggy miggy two t- bags uh, doubles record past joe dimaggio rookie. for all-time rookie record in franchise history for most doubles in a season but because he didn't throw 50 meaningless innings in anaheim he's not going to no. be the rookie of the year Oh, let me tell you something. We we will dedicate an entire show. We'll may, maybe even go two hours on the show, just ripping that apart. If Otani wins Rookie of the Year over Miguel Andujar, that is not okay with me. And it's not because I'm a Yankee fan either. It's just not okay with me. All right. Any anything else? Oh, also 100 wins, which that's a big accomplishment. And it and it. You were at a point in time towards the end here that you, you didn't said think they were going to get there. They probably aren't going to. I mean, they had to win a good amount of games, and since Judge is back, they're what you said nine and three. Well, that's an, and, let's. I'll bring that back up in one second because that's what I, I'm going to close the show on. A hundred wins 
from Aaron Boone in his first year as a manager, but the guy's a complete and utter moron. So, I mean, you know. Right. He had to be doing something right this season. This team has won 100 games. Is that also a record? The first time a, one league has ever had three 100-win teams in it? Uh, I believe that that happened. I think it was four that would have... But I could be wrong. You know, I bet it's a record uh, that... This is the first time two rookie managers brought their teams to win 100 or more games in the same season. In the same division. In the same division. Well, we, me, we were saying this yesterday. Think about this. What, what was the – oh, there were, I said we're going into the final day of Major League Baseball today when we're recording on Sunday, and there's still two divisions that don't have winners. And then Christian responded to me and said – Yet the division with two 100 game winners has been locked up for weeks. It's crazy. crazy. It's insane for for the Yankees and the Red Sox to be in the same division in a good division because Tampa Bay really made it a solid division. They ran out of gas in the last week or yeah, so, but, but still, I mean, they had an amazing for, season for the Red Sox and the Yankees to have a hundred or more wins in that division is absolutely incredible. It shows how great these two teams are. And then you have Baltimore. And and I'm sorry, if you're a baseball, if you're a fan of any other team, even including the Red Sox, if you're a fan of any other team besides the A's, you're rooting for the Yankees on Wednesday night. The Red Sox are not rooting for the Oh, Yankees. yeah, they are. No, they're no, not. No, 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 not the Red Sox. I'm saying they're fans. No, they're not. Yes, they, they are. are. They want, I promise no, you. I'm telling Dude, you right now. If it was now. reverse, if it was Oakland versus Boston, I would 100% be rooting if there's for Oakland. One, look, I don't want to get too far there ahead of ourselves because better. we need to win this game Wednesday night to have any of this actually be a real talking point. But if there's one team out there that the Red Sox and their fan base are really scared of, it's the Yankees. I don't care about 100%. that sweep. I mean, yeah, it, it really cost the Yankees the division, but how many of their starters were missing in that series? Now that the Yankees are healthy, they don't want to see the they don't want to see the Yankees in a division series. No, the, the Yankees match up very well against Boston. Especially if Sale was a hundred percent, then I, okay, then you don't worry about who they're facing. But right. if he's going to go out there throwing that junk ninety-one mile an hour fastball, and we know Dangerous. David Price would rather hide under a bridge than face the Yankees in the postseason. Come on, you don't want to see if the Yankees. If you talk. To a Boston Red Sox fan who is a true baseball fan, deep down, they would be rooting for Yankees Red Sox. Never. As a baseball fan, how could you not want that? Because what I would want most important, more as a baseball fan, I play the team that's going that I'm going to have the best chance of beating. Look, I'm a baseball fan, but being a Yankee fan trumps that. So I want the Yankees to win a World Series more than I want to see a classic. Division Agreed. series where they might lose in five games. I, I want. I'm not disagreeing with that. All right. So the Red Sox fans don't want to I'm see. Saying the Yankees. As, as a baseball passionate baseball fan, how could you not be rooting for Yankees Red Sox? If the Yankees weren't involved, and in it was like yeah. five. If it was like Houston, if it was like Houston Boston, where where you could set that up, as opposed to like Cleveland Oakland, then yeah, I would be rooting for that to happen. But my team is involved, so no, I don't yeah, want. And him. your own team wasn't involved. It's completely different. And before you wrap up, I just want to say this: I know the Cleveland Indians can be scary, and I'm not trying to downplay them. But what are they going to end this year with? How many wins are they going to win? Ninety? I don't even know if they're going to win ninety in a in an embarrassing division. I'm sorry. They have ninety. They have nine. I'm sorry. Ooh. They just really. Oh, they got ninety. If any Ooh. team, if any team 
should have had over a hundred wins, it was the Cleveland Indians this year. Because that division's a joke. That div- you're, how many times are you playing a division team? How many games? Or you play each division opponent. So they're probably they had 17, 80, 18, they had probably had about games. seventy-five games against their division this year. That should uh, uh, they should have went sixty and fifteen. In that either games. means they dominated the division but didn't really beat other teams. Or they just didn't capitalize on bad teams like, like you know, the Yankees all year, right? That's a team that didn't beat the teams they should have if they're that good. So yeah, you're right. I don't know. I, I mean, I mean, Yankees had the Orioles in their division, but the the Indians had the Royals who lost over a hundred. White Sox are thirty five under five hundred and. The uh, Detroit Tigers are almost thirty under five or thirty three under. And what are the Twins? I mean, the Twins uh, seventy seven and eighty four <laughs> under five. They didn't have one team. Yeah. Now, now let's talk about the AL East real quick. They had three teams significantly over five hundred, two of which won a hundred games or more. And Toronto wasn't as bad throughout the beginning portion of the season. I mean, for the Indians to only have ninety wins right now is. Very just think of it disappointing, this way. I think. Very underachieving. Tor- but that's not to say Toronto they can't dominate. Toronto and Minnesota had very similar years. Blue Jays 73 and 88. Minnesota 77 and 84. Minnesota 13 games back from the Indians. Toronto 34 games back <laughs> from the Red Sox. And what is, what's Baltimore back? 60 games. 61 games. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right. So last thing we're going to bring up here, uh, Aaron Judge. Uh, the Yankees are 9-3 and three since he was inserted back into the starting lineup. And you can say, well, Boston really hasn't cared in those games. And there was a series against Baltimore in there. But the Yankees are 9-3 and three since Aaron Judge has been back in the starting lineup. Yep. All right. More importantly than maybe even their record since he's been back, the team is averaging 7.1 run, 7.2 if you want to round up, runs a game since Judge has been back. In That's the, starting the most impressive in my in my mind. Put aside the record, I wanted to see this this offense click again, and that stat alone makes me confident again in this team. But they gotta get they gotta get by Wednesday. I mean, right? If they can get by Wednesday and continue to stay hot and keep clicking, we saw what can happen. We saw it last year, and this team this team's getting hot at the right time. The most important thing for whoever has the ball on Wednesday at evening is to get the Yankees at bat with a chance to take an early lead. Don't put them in a hole. Don't yeah. put this team in a hole. No, yeah, because if this important. team, because look, my the way I would look at it, Oakland hasn't been there before the Yankees have. So maybe that plays into the carefree oh, house money attitude. But also, if you don't have any runs to work with, knowing that the Yankees are at full strength at home, and they're swinging the bats well. That could put a lot of pressure on Look, the pitcher. Look, we talked about suffocating teams. And you're certainly not going to do that to the Oakland A's who are young, naive. They're playing with house money just like the Yankees were last year. You're not going to suffocate a team like that by letting them get ahead early in the game. You have to you have to put the pressure on them. And then as the game goes on, you got to continue to just stomp your foot on their throat. And, and you got to take care of business. No more. We're we're here now. This is the postseason. No more not scoring with bases loaded. No more throwing the ball away. No more. All the bullshit ends now. This is what we got here. This is what we 
did the last five, six months or whatever it was. This is why we dealt with all the crazy tweets and everything else to get to this moment. So now it's time for the Yankees. They had, I would say, outside of Chapman, pretty much all the injury questions are answered. Everybody's back. Let's go. Let's let's get this friggin' win and let's let's be in Boston on Friday night. I agree. All right. So before we wrap up, real quick. Stat guy Rye, what's your prediction for the game? Yankees win. Um, I don't know how they're going to do it. There's a lot of different ways it could play out, but I think that they have enough pieces that uh, it's just so hard, though, because it's one game. You know, you just got to go with what you feel, and I think that they'll win. I think before the Yankees get to the bullpen, they're up about 4-1, to one, and I think when all's said and done, they win the game 6-2. I hope. <sighs> That's too much of a margin for me. <laughs> 6-2 to 6-3, but I think by the time they get to the bullpen, they have a decent lead, and really what I'm saying is, and I said it before, whoever starts this game I really think is going to have a good game for Here's the, for the three Yankees. keys to the game. Here's really the three keys to the game for me real quick. One, the starting pitcher does not give up a run in the first inning. Allows the Yankee. Here's the second one. Yankees take an early lead off of that. Three, the starter gets does not have to have Boone call the bullpen be until the sixth inning. Those three things happen. The Yankees win this game. I will say you want to score five to two. Those th- those three things absolutely have to happen for me for the Yankees to win this game. And don't of give course up. The a, Yankees have to hit home runs. Don't give up a run in the first inning. Allowed offense then capitalizes, takes an early lead. Boone does not go to the bullpen before the sixth inning. Those three things happen. The Yankees win this game. And patience. Look, in my opinion, the first three innings. Yeah. It, w- what's even more important than the Yankees Yankees scoring runs if they're not going to score runs is that they are patient at the plate. And whoever starts for the for the Oakland A's, if it's not going to be a bullpen game for them is throwing a significant amount of pitches in those innings. Do not they can't be 10, 10 friggin' pitches agree. every inning. You gotta, you gotta work them. You gotta wear them down. You gotta see a lot of pitches because this team has shown time and time again, the more pitches they see, the mm-hmm. scarier and more productive they are. You, the last thing I'll, you cannot allow Blake Trinan to be a factor in this game. His appearance in the eighth inning should be because Oakland's trying to keep the game five mm-hmm. to two. You cannot let him get in this game where he can be a factor in this game. Yeah, I mean, I this agree. was a team. Oakland only lost one game when they've led after seven innings this year. And, I mean, it was last week, which is really good. But, I mean, but they're, it, they're... I'm so scared in, of a one-game scenario. I know. Because you always should be, no matter... Even if it was the Red Sox in this yeah, game, you're still... Even wondering. if it was the Red Sox versus the Orioles, I would... That's you, what I'm you saying. Still, no, I know. You can't be 100% confident. Even if it was even never if it was the Red Sox playing the A's, the Red Sox are the Red Sox fans, the Red Sox are still going to be nervous about a one anything can happen. They're in all this sport. major league players, you know, they've shown yeah. glimmers of why they're here so they could do it on that day, Look, you know. Baseball is always going to be a sport where you see more failure than success. And, you know, a guy who hits 300 means he's getting a hit 3 at every 10 times he's up at the plate. So Anything can happen in baseball. Any great team can fail in any one night. Yeah. And I mean, just look at the guys that are on Oakland's yeah, it's, roster. It's great for the sport, but 
for a 100-win team to have their entire season come down to one game is very, very difficult to, to swallow. The only reason I don't like the wild card game, especially we played in it, we the Yankees have played in it three out of the four years, right, since it's been here. So is Andrew McCutcheon. Has he really? Yeah. Wow. Um, is that baseball is a game a, a game of series. It's a season of series. You play exactly. series all the time. It's not, it's not That's like... That's why I hate it. So to have your season come down to one single game, I don't know. That's why me, as a kind of a baseball purist, I don't really mm-hmm. like it. I don't. But then again, as a fan, like if you're not involved in, the, if your team's not involved in the game, it's it's friggin' great. It's kind of like how a team changes their approach when they get to the playoffs. Like they stop doing what got them there. It's similar to me. Like this is a format that was. It's not a format during the yeah, year, and yet they the change only thing it. I it's like it what if the most. NFL was like, okay, we play single games all year, yeah. and then now you have to beat it's best out of elimination. three. The only thing I do like about it is that it does make winning the division so much more prestigious and important now. Oh, it absolutely. Um, which is and it also which is makes cool. it also kickstarts the playoffs in a sport that you guys won't admit that it's dying. But it's a dying sport, and it brings fans that are hesitant to watch it. It, it starts them out with a game seven. It's dying right? so much they have more money than they ever had in their entire lifetime. Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe at the youth level, but Major League Baseball is not going like, anywhere. No. They I'm got, saying at so the much... youth level, though, and, it's, it's and you know what? depleting. That's... As much as that may be true, guess what else is fully depleting? There are actually three towns right around us right now that no longer have a football program and had yeah. to merge I with mean, others same, because the parents don't baseball. want their kids playing football anymore. So, Baseball, they don't even have in town around here. All right, guess what? You yelled at me for asking a question about Shawn Michaels earlier. Nobody cares about youth league football. This is the wild card game. This is was the okay, NYY Sports Talk preview of the oh, wild man. card game. Um Win or lose, we're gonna come back. We might. It might be real late Thursday night because uh, I I'm gonna. I don't want people to think. Oh, it's my. I'm just saying this so people tweet me on Thursday. But Thursday is my birthday. Uh, it's gonna be a real long day for me. So I don't know when we're gonna be able to record, but I would like to get something out Thursday. So we'll see what that's all about, uh, and then hopefully, you know, Friday. Will be uh will it'll be a wild card wrap up slash preview of the American League Division Series, but you know let's get there, let's get this, let's get this W on Wednesday, and uh, you know hopefully there's more Yankee baseball to be talked about than than just because uh, I'd hate to see a hundred win season end after one game. So that's you'll never forget it too because if they lose, like your birthday's gonna suck. I'll never forget it because these maniacs on Twitter won't let me forget True. it. Told you Boom was an idiot. <laughs> I just told you this is the worst one hundred team win team ever. <laughs> they should they should fire everybody. Cashman Cashman should really be held accountable for what he's done to this Honestly, team. Honestly, I take the worst hundred win team ever as a compliment because it, it honestly it might be true because they they had major injuries they they had judge out for the year there uh, for six weeks seven weeks chapman their closer was out for an extended period of time gary sanchez Gregory, yeah i'm saying time. like they they dealt with so much adversity this year which is fine every team does but not only did they deal with it they surpassed what they did last year by nine games to this point it was that like has nothing to do with the manager it was nah. like the nine and seven giants when they won their last super bowl 
Bowl. My cousin's an Eagle fan, and he's like, worst Super Bowl champion ever. I was like, still Super Bowl hold champion. On. Hold on. Uh, the 61 or 62 losses the Yankees will end with this year, all Boone's fault. The 100 or 100 uh, and one wins, all because of talent. So Honestly, dude, not to go too far off top- topic, but Aaron Boone played a big role in Luke Voigt's development uh, this season. His... Uh, him throwing him back out there as much as he did, and 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 playing him the amount he did, that took a lot of risk. Doing I agree. That. And Greg you know Bird what? being a he, giant waste. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Greg Bird atrocity. Here's, did, here's one uh, last thing I want to say, and then we got to wrap up. Um, Aaron Boone, not just what what you just said, absolutely, where he just continued to have faith in guys over mm-hmm. and over, and it and it most most of the time panned out. You you talked about adversity, and this is exactly why the Yankees brought a guy in like Aaron Boone. He did not falter. He did not change. He he had the same look on his face. He had the same answers given to the media, game in, game out, every single night. And everyone wants to knock Aaron Boone and say the Yankees are taking his person out. Guess what? In a 162-game season where you're going to face adversity almost every single week, That's the type of mentality you need. You need to stay the course. You need to stay confident. You need to have the same determination every single game. And that's what Aaron Boone brought to this team. And that's why I think he did a phenomenal job in the regular season. Look, I cannot be understated because we know when this team was going through their injuries and their down down point in the year when they weren't playing so well, Joe Girardi would have snapped like a a cheap pencil. He would have snapped. And the players would have saw it. The players would have reacted to he it. Would have snapped and, on the media. And who knows if this team would have held on to their wild card spot, or at least the top one. That could have snowballed. Aaron Boone kept his team at a certain level all year, good or bad. And that's not to say he didn't care about losing because that game, the one game they lost in Tampa Bay, yep. he was friggin' pissed and he let the team have it. He 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 uh, reamed them to him a little bit into the media. So it's not to say he is accepting of poor play because he's as several times this year has benched guys, DH guys to send a message that we're not going to tolerate this. And he's even lit, lit into them in the media at certain times. So he's just you know, not going to let the world come to an end over a loss. That's the difference. And I'm sure if they, God forbid they lose on Wednesday, it's gonna hurt him. It really is. So, uh, you know, to, this whole notion—it's just gotta be, it, that he doesn't care. The Yankees don't care. They they fucking care. Okay, they fucking care. They're gonna win this fucking game Wednesday, and they're gonna make a deep run. That's my prediction. My prediction is get me get me to Friday afternoon. Get me to Friday afternoon where the New York Yankees are back in Fenway Park. Get me there. Let's fucking go. And we'll That's see it. where 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 it goes down from there. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna it's gonna be playing it by ear to see when we can record on Thursday. Maybe you'll maybe. fucking know when we're coming on. That's all you need to know. So you'll know, and hopefully that will not be the last game recap pod we do in 2018 uh. so let's go let's do this let's get the yankees a fucking w in the bronx on wednesday uh and we'll be back sometime after the wild card game so unless anybody else has got anything else to say here it's that guy rye no man just uh, you guys gonna watch the i hate when he today. doesn't just do it <laughs> You have a catchphrase, and I just gave the pump-up speech for you to go right into the catchphrase, right, again. Me, and you again. fucking it blew it. it. 
You you blew it like the 2007 Mets. I had to go there. We said something <laughs> nice about David Wright. He had to bring it back there. Go Yanks. All Try right. So anybody got Try. anything else to say here? Go Yanks. You, you, not, you fucked up again. One more time. <laughs> you got to hold it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Legend. Wait for it. Stack Guy Rye. Got anything to say? Go Yanks. Chris. I kind of like you. Say goodbye. Peace. <laughs>